Merry Christmas, the Sunday before Christmas. It's so good to see all your faces. We're going to conclude our series this morning called Arrival. This is our Advent series. Um, the word Advent actually means arrival. Advent is a, an emphasis on both the first coming of the Lord at his birth and the second coming of Christ. First as he came as a baby to a manger, and then one day when he comes, he will come as a conquering king. So we, we both of those things, we uh, looked, we celebrate his birth and when he came as a baby, but we look forward in anticipation to the time when he comes as our king. And so um, that's what it's all about today. When Jesus came, he did not arrive empty handed, but he came bearing lots and lots of gifts. Um, uh, four of those gifts of the many gifts that he brought with him. We have been focusing on the last few weeks. We've talked about hope. We've talked about peace. We've talked about love. And today we're going to talk about joy. I think it starts out when we hope in our salvation. And then when we believe, we get the peace of our salvation. And then it goes from there to the love of Jesus that comes with our salvation. And then today we are right down to the, the nitty gritty of the joy of our salvation. Um, so we're going to talk about joy today. Somebody say joy. 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 Say it like you have some. Joy. Amen. Good job. Uh, joy is a gift from Jesus, isn't it? It's a gift from Jesus. We're going to talk about joy. And the first thing we're going to talk about is the search for joy. And I don't know about you, but it, it, the lack of joy in our society today is pretty apparent in today's world, if you listen to people, if you just look at their countenance, um, the things they say, the way their face looks, uh, sometimes you can tell that, or maybe it's the things they post on social media, you can tell that they are lacking in joy, that they are missing that thing called joy. People are having trouble coping today. Um, statistics tell us that one out of four people have mental or emotional problems. What? One out of four? Look around you. If you see three other people that look like they're okay, that probably means that you're the one that's having problems. <laughs> right? There, a recent survey says eight of ten people claim to be unhappy. Now, I don't know about you, that, that makes me unhappy. Eight out of ten people claim to be unhappy. Two out of three say that they hate their jobs. A supervisor wrote this on an employee evaluation. He said, this man has reached the very bottom and has started digging. 50% of our marriages end in divorce. This statistic uh, climbs with each remarriage, which proves you won't find joy in other people. People are searching for joy. There's such an absence of it. I want to talk about this morning three uh, ways that people search for joy. Y'all, this is good. I hope you're getting it. There's three ways that people, there's more than this, but that we're going to focus today on three ways that, that people search for joy. The first one is through situations. Um, they say to themselves, if I could only get a better situation, 
It's just my, it's just what I'm going through. My situation is holding me back. If only my situation was better, if I had a better spouse, if I had a better job, um, if I had more supportive parents, or um, if I had a better house, if I had a better car, or on and on and on. If their situation was different, they think that they would have joy. Proverbs 27 and 20 says that human desire is never satisfied. I believe that's true, don't you? Human desire is never satisfied. Whatever our situation is, it's never quite good enough to satisfy us. We always want more. Um, There's an illustration that I've heard many times, but it it fits really good here. Uh, This illustration about the pilot who um, all of his life he wanted to be a pilot. So here he is up in the air and he, the, the, the route that he flew, the, the pattern that he flew always took him over this valley. And every time he would come to this valley, he would just kind of tip his wing just a little bit. And go on. And finally, his co-pilot one day finally asked him, why do you do that? Why do you always tip your wing just a little bit when we go through this valley? And his response was this. He said, there's a little stream of water down in that valley where I used to fish as a young boy. And he said, as a young boy, I used to look up at the planes that would go overhead. And I would dream of one day being a pilot. Now, he says, I look down and I dream of fishing in that stream. <laughs> I think the moral of the story here is, is that it's just the way man is. When we're fishing, we wish we were flying. And when we're flying, we wish we were fishing. That's the way it goes, isn't it? We're never, never satisfied. But man looks for joy in his situations, Okay, but man also looks for joy in another way. And I can't believe he had me preach on this this morning. But the second way is through sensuality. Now you get it, right? This is perhaps the weakest area of the male species, I think. They search for joy through sensuality. Men seem to get tripped up in this area, uh, perhaps more than any other area. Lust, pornography, and even affairs. Satan is aware of man's tendencies, and he's continually doing his best to trip up man in these certain areas. And I have to add to my husband's notes, because I can. (laughs) And I can say this, it's not just men. It's women too. Often women get caught up in looking for fulfillment, love, attention, joy uh, in a forbidden relationship the same way as a man can. Uh, Maybe it's online or maybe it's with an old classmate that you haven't seen in 20 years or maybe it's something at work. And I'm telling you, it's not just men. I mean, it's women too. But some great men in the Bible, like Samson and David, were both brought down this way. And there's a very long list of present day great men who have also listened to Satan's lies. And when he whispers to them, and when he whispers, hey, watch this. Or when he whispers to them, go after her. Or when he whispers to them, you're missing out somewhere. Your spouse 
just doesn't meet your needs. It's all lies. But it's so many times, it's so, the direction that men can look to to find joy. In Proverbs 5 and 6, those two chapters, I'm just going to paraphrase it just a little bit. It says that a man who commits adultery is an utter fool, for he destroys himself. It says that he will be wounded and that he will be disgraced. It says that his shame will never be erased. It says, stay away, don't go near. It says, if you do, you're going to lose your honor and you'll lose all that you have and merciless people will take all of that you have, all that you've achieved. Strangers are going to consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of all your labors. Now, does that sound like joy? Wow. That does not sound like sensuality will lead you to joy, does it? The third way that, that people search for joy is through sensations. In other words, feel goods. They look for joy in feel goods or sensations. In Luke um, 10 and 17, I love this illustration because Jesus sends out people to do the work of evangelism, to do the work of ministry. And he has a group of people, about 70 of them, and he sends them out to do ministry. Well, when they come back, they are all excited and they're like, wow, that was cool. And the words they say is this, he says, even the demons were subject to us. That was awesome. These were 70 people who were sensationalists. They were into the sensation. But Jesus wasn't impressed. He wasn't impressed at all. In fact, he rebuked them. And he said, it's not about the sensational, but it's about the simple presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse number 20 says, don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Someone needs to hear that today, this morning. Stop your thrill seeking. Always looking for the next spiritual thrill. Hopping from church to church, looking for the latest and the greatest. Who can provide you with the best spiritual high? I'm telling you, stop it. Settle down. Settle in. True spirituality has little to do with heightened or revved up emotions. That's not spirituality just to feel the goosebumps. It's not spirituality. Read your Bible. Apply what it says. Pray. Come to church. Get involved in ministry. If you do, you're soon going to discover that your search for joy will be over. We cannot continually just search after sensationalism. We have to seek after God. Okay, we're, we've talked about the search for joy. Now let's talk about how man is often willing to sacrifice his joy. The sacrifice of joy. It's so sad um, 
to see that many are sacrificing their joy. But the unvarnished truth that we have here today is that there is no lasting joy without salvation. In Isaiah 12 and 3, it says, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the well of salvation. Joy comes from salvation. I'm not um, saying that sinners never have any fun and that they won't have glimpses of happiness and short seasons of joy. But without Jesus, it's impossible to experience a lasting joy. A joy that is not unconditioned to what's happening in your life. In Isaiah uh, chapter 57 20 and 21, it says, But the wicked are like the troubled sea. When it cannot rest, there is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. We are talking about the sacrifice of joy right now. What are you willing to sacrifice? And, and how, will it, how will it affect your joy? I'm going to tell you this morning, sin will not... Sin will rob you of your joy. Sin will take the joy out of your life. Just see how well um, that joy exists in the climate of sin. If you have sin in your life, you're always going to be searching for joy. It didn't fare too well for, for King David when he had an affair with Bathsheba. What he thought was going to bring him joy and fulfillment actually robbed him of his joy. And that's what happens so many times when we are, are pulled away from our, our own sin and then uh, immediately afterwards, and sometimes maybe not immediately, but sometime afterward, we realize that we have given that joy up for our sin. We've sacrificed it. Um, in Psalm 51 and 12, David cries out to God and he says, God, please restore to me the joy of your salvation. Well, what that tells me is that you can't restore something that's never been lost. So David had lost his joy. His sin had robbed him of that joy. So don't fool yourself into believing that you can sin and still retain your joy. It's just not possible. Okay, let's notice another way that people sometimes sacrifice their joy. Joy is going to be scarce without servanthood. If you're not willing to give instead of get all the time, you will not have true lasting joy in your life. We are led today to believe that joy comes through getting and when it actually comes through giving. That's how joy comes is when we give to one another. Even Jesus in Hebrews um, chapter 12 and 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, who for the joy that was set before him, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Joy? Say What? Jesus said that it was joy as he looked forward to the time when he sacrificed his life, when he bled and when he died, and yet he looked forward to it as if it was joy. Does that make sense? 
I ask you, did Jesus' joy come from getting or did Jesus' joy come from giving? Did Jesus' joy come from serving or from being served? Romans chapter 12 and 11 says, work hard for the Lord and with much enthusiasm. I'll tell you what, around here we love those workers who work with enthusiasm. Not much fun to have somebody working that's grumbling about it the whole time, right? Work hard for the Lord and with much enthusiasm. It will bring joy to your life. Are you serving anywhere in his kingdom? Here's what I know. Joy is scarce without servanthood. If you're not willing to give to others, through joy comes uh, uh, joy comes through serving, not through being served. Uh, there's a, a quote here that I think is just amazing. It's a quote from Bill Hybels. And he said this. He said, I would never want to reach out someday with a soft, uncalloused hand, a hand that had never been dirtied by serving. I would never want to reach out with that hand and shake the nail-pierced hand of Jesus. Think about that. Wow. I never want to reach out someday with a soft, uncalloused A hand that never has been dirtied by serving and shake the nail-pierced hand of my Savior. We've talked about the search um, for joy. We've talked about how we sacrifice our joy sometimes. And now let's finish this morning by talking about the source of our joy. Where do we go for joy? Where do we go for joy? We go to the Savior. Jesus is our source of joy. He is the source. Luke 2 and 10, the Christmas verse, I call it. It says, the angel said, I bring to you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He calls it good tidings. He calls it great joy. There's such a misconception sometimes of Jesus and salvation. Sometimes people uh, reject Jesus and they reject salvation because they think that it's going to bring with uh, uh, him, uh, that Jesus brings with him a bunch of rules and a bunch of regulations. And so they oftentimes people will reject salvation, reject Jesus because they think there's going to be too many rules and too many regulations that goes along with it. Uh, But I'm here to tell you that's not true. No, sir. It's not true. No, ma'am, it's not true. That's called religion. That's what he came to free us from. He came to free us from that. Jesus isn't interested in a a bunch of rules and regulations. Jesus is interested in a relationship. He's interested in a relationship with you. What Jesus brings with him is a bunch of gifts. Not a bunch of rules and regulations. He brings a bunch of gifts. He brings with him hope and peace and love and joy. Those are the gifts he brings us. In Nehemiah 8 and 10, it says this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord. The message of Jesus is good tidings. It's great joy. Uh, 1 Peter 1 and 8, it says, 
our love for him will be expressed through a joy that is impossible to fully express. They call it joy unspeakable. The joy of the Lord. The truth is that you have never um, experienced true joy in your life to the max until you meet the Savior. Not only is the Savior our source of joy, but also the Spirit is our source of joy. Jesus paved the way for the Holy Spirit to become part of our lives. He told the the disciples, he told them, when I go back to heaven, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he said, he won't just be with you, but he will be in you. He offered the Holy Spirit to us. And what will the Holy Spirit produce? In Galatians 5 and 22, it says, the fruit of the Spirit is, what are we talking about today? The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Romans 14 and 12, uh, 17 says, for the kingdom of God is not about what you can, can or cannot eat or drink. It's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, along with the Savior, we have, we have joy through the Savior. We have joy through the Holy Spirit. And finally, the third way, the third source of our joy is the saints. Listen, you are my source of joy many times. I hope I can be your source of joy. The saints are a source of joy because we have Jesus in us. He should be flowing out of us. If you have him in you, he should be flowing out of you. Someone said, we're the only Jesus that some people see. And when I hear that, I say, yikes. That's scary. Because I can sometimes see a lot of people that are pretty scary little Jesuses running around. (laughs) As a saint, we should be a source of joy. I don't know about you, but for me, there are some saints I run from, and there are some saints I run to. Are you a source of joy? Let's be uh, the kind of saint that people want to run to, the kind that brings joy with them. Paul had some saints like that. When he spoke about the, the saints of Philippi, he said, my brothers and sisters, you are my joy. He had some other saints along that line in Thessalonica. When he spoke of them, he said, you are our pride and joy. We should be able to find joy, not just in our Savior, not just in the Holy Spirit, but I should be able to find joy in you. You should be a source of joy to me. If we are the only people, or we're the only Jesus that some people see, let's be a true representative of who he is, of who he is. Y'all, we have, all of us, searched for joy. Let's make sure we're searching in the right direction, not in our situations and not in our sensualities or our sensations, but let's search in the right place. Let's search for Jesus. Let's don't sacrifice our joy for our sin 
or our lack of servanthood. Let's remember who our source of joy is. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Spirit of God. And it comes from one another. The takeaway this morning for the message is this. Man's search for joy can only be satisfied through Jesus, the source of our joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory to serve Jesus.